Hey, hey, good day, everyone. Welcome to episode two of the Sundar. So this is the very first episode that I have a guest on. So I'm very excited to share this one with you. Uh, this was recorded back in late April. So it's been a long time coming. It's the very first episode I recorded with somebody. Um, so I'm airing it in that in that order. Um, so a little on Allie. She's incredibly beautiful, electric. She's smart, entrepreneurial, brave. She's humble. She's so inspiring. Um, Allie's a bad bitch. And I couldn't think of anyone butter to have on as my first guest. She's just so special. So a little on Allie. She's one of the co-founders of Queen & Co. They are a granola butter company and they put Trader Joe's cookie butter and every other butter to shame everyone. Granola butter is nut free and it is where you and your allergies are gonna wanna be. You can find them at Trader, not Trader Joe's, I'm sorry, at Whole Foods. And Allie also does some good work for the people over on her Instagram at Ava Queen. She talks a lot about body positivity and having a healthy relationship with food, healing from, from, from bad relationships with food and maybe toxic thought patterns that you know we accidentally adopt when we're younger. And she's really good at telling you how to deal with yourself, especially in these quarantine times. So without further ado, Ali Benara. So, Ali, I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for being on, girl. Wow, what an intro. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I think that's the best intro I've ever had, honestly. Thank you. I wrote it at 1am last night or this morning. Oh my my god. (laughs) Are you a night owl or are you more like a night worker or or a morning person? Um, I think I'm just, it depends on when my anxiety is the highest and I feel like I need to get something done. And that could strike at any point of the day, really. At any moment. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's funny because my, um, well, he's also my co-founder, but my boyfriend Mm -hmm. is like such a night person like his he says his brain doesn't turn on until like 6 p.m and I am completely the opposite like around this time of day it's about you know 4 p.m I'm like okay I'm checked out like I you know I can't focus anymore so I'm glad that I'm talking to you because it's like keeping me I was looking at my computer zoning out and I was like I can't do this I need to (laughs) talk to someone I need some human interaction (laughs) sometimes you just stare at screens and you just like your eyes just glaze over and it's fine exactly yeah I'll do it (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> okay. So my first segment involves um, a round of weekly recommendations. So I will start with mine, and then you can follow with yours. And it can Super be fun. anything. This really special. Okay. So I have been. I'm like a huge. I have trouble sleeping, and this is more of a recent problem. I used to be able to like sleep in cars on my couch, and now I just can't sleep. Just at any point, I just can't sleep. So I have downloaded this app called Relax Melodies. It's very similar to, um, there's Headspace, there's Calm, and I think there's like one else, Mm -hmm. another one on the market that everybody's loving, don't remember. But Relax Melodies, I have been loving. You could pay like $5.99 a month, or you could pay like the yearly fee, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Or you could do a free trial and then keep doing a free trial, you know what I mean? Yeah, switch emails. <laughs> yeah. And there's also the Get Sleepy podcast on iTunes, which is like a lifesaver. The only thing I don't like about that is you fall asleep at some point of the story that they're reading you. 
Mm. And then you, like, wake up and it's, like, a brand new story and then you can't go back to sleep because it's 2 a.m. and, like, you're not in that space anymore, so you have to shut it off. Whereas, like, the app, you can set it to, like, shut off after it's done. Exactly. Like, it happened to me and my husband last night where, like, the both of us woke up at, like, 2.30 and we were like, what's going on? Like, what is that voice? And it was our, <laughs> it was the podcast. <laughs> you're like, who's speaking in this room? <laughs> yeah, really. Oh, my God. So, pros and cons. Um, another thing I've been loving is gravity blanket. Of course they do their weighted blanket, but they also mm. have weighted eye masks. And you put oh, them on your face wow. and it's just the most magical, phenomenal thing that could happen. Oh, ever. that sounds like heaven. Yeah. It's, it's, wow. It's and if you like could stick it in the fridge too, or the freezer and like have like okay. a cooling one. Oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe that's their next product that they need to roll out because that sounds like like if you had like a cooling one you could do in the morning or something I don't know I actually do have one of those it's not from Gravity <laughs> Blanket it's just off of Amazon or do yeah. you get it at Marshall's it's just got like these little green beads in it and it's reusable and I put it in a Ziploc and I put it in my freezer and I do it oh throughout the day. wonderful yeah wonderful <laughs> the little things the little especially things. now <laughs> honestly yes um one more recommendation. Everybody knows about this whipped coffee, but I think yes. you have to do like two tablespoons of sugar to get it to like do the frothy thing. And mm-hmm. my um my skin just can't handle two tablespoons of sugar every day. And I wish right. I could. So I've been doing two teaspoons of sugar and it's still frothing. Like it's still okay. Yeah. You still get the whipped effect. Especially if yeah. you use, like, an egg beater, you know? And not, yeah. like, a whisk, like, a hand yeah. whisk. That takes forever. So that's been good for me. So I still get to have my fancy coffee, and my skin doesn't suffer. That's amazing. Much. It's the little things, really. And it's a compromise, you know? It's like you need that mm-hmm. skin health, and you need that caffeine buzz. But I've been seeing the whipped coffee everywhere, and I'm kind of... I'm curious. Like, we did... So my other co-founder, um, he's more like the chef, you know, um... Mm-hmm recipe guy and so he did a granola butter whipped coffee and but he said like the actual functionality of like drinking the whipped coffee is a little bit tricky like it's so strong and so sweet up front I don't know if you had that experience or if you like stir it all together oh like I could pour like maple syrup down my throat and I'd be like this is amazing (laughs) yeah (laughs) so you'll go for like yeah you're more like a super sweet okay mm -hmm. so maybe yeah it's perfect for you then (laughs) It really is. <laughs> yeah. It's like straight to the bloodstream. Yeah, exactly. Just hit me with it. Yeah. That's perfect. Those are all of my weekly recommendations. I'll come mm. up with some new ones this week, hopefully. But when I, I love, love something, that. I love it for like a, for like two months until I'm like sick of it, you know? Yes. Um, oh, God. Okay, my turn. So I think in the ha- – like this is – similar vein of sleeping. I feel like I've been getting amidst everything going on. Like I have overall been sleeping a lot more, which I'm really enjoying. Mm -hmm. So something that I've been loving is, um, a silk pillowcase, which I've never used before. It seems like a little bit bougie, but my mom had one who like, she had, or she had like an extra one, you know, and she gave it to me when I was like for her birthday. And I took it home and I was like, this just, it seems too slippery and cold and like not enjoyable, but my hair has never looked better after this silk pillowcase situation. Cause I guess what it does is it just like, you know, it doesn't cause your hair to have any like dents or creases cause it's so slippery. 
And so you wake up with just these like amazing locks, which has never happened to me before. And of course, in quarantine where I'm not going to see anyone, it happens. So going to try and continue that on until after quarantine. Um, so that's something that I'm loving. What else? Um, ooh, also loving not wearing pants. Um, and by pants, I mean like not jeans. Like I've been living in just like legging sweatpants situation. Um, but that honestly was my life before quarantine too. So that hasn't really changed. Um, and lastly, I feel like with everyone else, I'm baking a lot. So like all the things, I mean, Obviously, I bake for my blog and my Instagram, but I feel like it's really reached new heights during this quarantine. So, mm-hmm. yeah, those aren't really products, but more just like themes of my life happening yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah, love that. I have been wanting to get into the silk pillowcase thing for a while now, so maybe I'll try. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say like it's worth investing in. I would just, especially now, but if it like happens to just fall into your lap like it did with me you know like Mm. it's worth it but I was looking online and they're kind of expensive so I mean it just depends how much of a you know good hair is a priority for you right now I guess right I think more than the hair I think I just I'm going to love the looks (laughs) oh I'm sleeping on okay Oh my God, <laughs> especially with your mask and your, I mean, you've got like the ultimate ideal sleeping situation right now. It's like all the things coming together. <laughs> so let me just add one, just, I'll just order one silk pillowcase. Perfect. Yes. For me. That's all and you I need. Will. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. Okay. Let's good. get into you. I look mean. So Walk us through the origin story and tell us about just your once upon a time of how this all Perfect. Came. Yes. Well, uh, my origin story. Um, so it really goes back to high, let's go to high school, which oh, is not a time that. that anyone really wants to go back to, but, um, so that during that time, so I grew up in San Diego, um, and I, you know, always was really active growing up, um, but never, you know, and never considered myself to be, you know, particularly overweight or anything like that. Like I had a very just, you know, athletic upbringing. Um, but I grew up playing volleyball and a lot of my, you know, girlfriends and friends growing up were these like super tall, you know, lanky, um, girls that kind of just sprung up, you know, growth spurts overnight. And Mm -hmm. I was, you know, relatively short. So there's a position, um, in volleyball called a libero. And so I was, you know, back row kind of, and it's always like a shorter person on the team or the shortest person on the team. Okay. And so I was surrounded by all these girls that were, you know, five eleven, six foot. And I was like five, three, five, four. And so I kind of I just compared my body to theirs, you know, from the beginning. I was just, you know, they were all kind of long and lanky, and I was, you know, just a little bit more stocky and muscular and athletic. And so I just remember thinking to myself, you know, God, why don't I have a thigh gap? Like, why is my body not like their body? And this is in, you know, high school, probably like freshman, sophomore year. And, you know, and then it can kind of continues on and I'm like, well, you know, maybe I should try to lose weight and maybe, you know, I'll get a thigh gap or whatever I wanted when, you know, I lose weight. So the only thing that I had to turn to was the internet. So I, you know, classic, like high schooler, not knowing anything, I Google like fastest way to lose weight in like the least amount of time. And all of these like super damaging, you know, like thin spo Tumblr accounts. It was like the time of Tumblr, if you remember that. I do. And it was like, you know, eat like half an apple a day. It was like just crazy advice. And like my poor little brain was just soaking it up like a sponge. You know, I was like, okay, I guess Mm -hmm. this is what you have to do to be skinny. Mm -hmm. And so I'm at school and I'm just like, you know, 
so lightheaded, like almost passing out because I'm, you know, mm-hmm. you're, I'm growing number one, I'm learning right. all this material in school and then I'm playing volleyball. And so I'm like not fueling my body properly. And so yeah. long story short, this was the beginning of a very long, um, you know, and tumultuous relationship with food. Um, and so I ended up, you know, really having a lot of restriction. And then I started binge eating, you know, after school because I was restricting myself during the day and just like yo-yo dieting all through high school and then, you know, into college as well. And so I um, went to UC Berkeley up in the Bay area. I studied nutrition because I was, you know, thought that the more I learned about nutrition, maybe I would unlock some key to like losing weight or, you know, perfect health. Right. And it's this like Mm -hmm. total illusion. Mm -hmm. And really the more that I learned, like the more disordered my actions and thoughts became, I was just, I knew so much about nutrition that like everything that I ate became really stressful and really overwhelming. And so all I could think about were like calories, macros, grams. Um, and it just took the fun and like the creativity and the enjoyment out of eating. And so, you know, this was kind of up and down. And then I graduated college, moved to San Francisco I was working in tech and I just realized like enough was enough. Like really my breaking point was I was out to dinner with some girlfriends, um, who I'd studied abroad with and I hadn't seen for a while. And I was so excited to see them. And like, I sit down at dinner, dinner, it's this really like chic, trendy restaurant in San Francisco. And I couldn't focus on the conversation because all I was thinking about was like, okay, what's the healthiest thing on the menu? Like how much should I eat? How much are they eating? And it was just this endless cycle in my head of like, food and it was taking over my life. And I was so mad at myself. And I was like, Allie, like you were, you know, I was 20 something at the time. Like I'm literally watching my life pass me by because I'm so preoccupied and obsessed with these like thoughts of food and what I should eat and all this stuff. And so I left the dinner and I was like, I don't even remember what we talked about, you know? And like, it just, it really bummed me out. And it was just this kind of breaking point where I was like, I am not present in my life. And like, this is an issue and this has to stop. So I kind of embarked on this like self-love and, you know, recovery journey. And I sought out a professional, um, someone who I actually found on Instagram because Mm -hmm. I had never been to therapy. I was like terrified of, you know, I thought therapy was like going to be some old woman, like, you know, in a rocking chair, like judging me (laughs) on my choice. I don't know. Like, I just thought it was really scary and overwhelming. And so I found this, you know, this woman on Instagram and she really changed my life. And she just, she shifted my mindset around food from this place of, you know, numbers and like quantitative, um, to really more of like nourishing your body and just like a qualitative, like, you know, holistic approach of food where like, you know, food is not, or nutrition is not just like what's on your plate. It's also like mental health and like nourishing your soul and, you know, eating things, of course, that like, you know, greens and vegetables, but also like stuff that fulfills your soul, like having tacos with girlfriends at 2am, like that's really healthy too, you know, just in a different aspect. And so, um, yeah. So then I, I started my Instagram account, which I run today, um, called Avo Queen. And the name honestly was just like, I loved avocados and it was like, you know, when yes, queen was like a thing. Um, and so there was like no rhyme or reason to that really. It was just like, Mm -hmm. Oh, this isn't available username on Instagram. So I'm going to take it. Um, and I really used Instagram as a platform for me to, you know, play with food and document my journey. And, you know, it forced me to get back in the kitchen and get creative with food. Like I started doing all these really drippy, creative smoothies and, um, just over the top creations that like, honestly, you know, I wouldn't expect anyone to recreate in their own home. It was just kind of my like artistic, 
um, you know, outpouring on, you know, this platform. And so Mm -hmm. just, you know, started to grow a little bit of an audience there. I think people were just kind of drawn in of like, what the heck is this like drippy smoothie thing? And like, who's eating that? Like, who's the person behind it? And so then I started to share a little bit more about, you know, my life and body image and everything. Um, and so in my recovery journey, I reached this point where I had restricted nuts and nut butters for a really long time, which was super ironic because, you know, that was kind of my bread and butter was like all these drippy things. And mm-hmm. so in my recovery started to, you know, play around with, um, with including them back into my diet. And I had a really hard time digesting them. I think, you know, they're nuts and nut butters, you know, super healthy. I think just for me personally, I had restricted them for a long time and then went like zero to a hundred adding them back in. Yeah. So I was like, damn, you know, I really need to like look for something that's nut free and there wasn't really anything out there. I mean, honestly, there's like sun butter, you know, which is a little bit bitter. Like for me personally, like the taste, um, I didn't love. And then there was Trader Joe's cookie butter, which tastes amazing, but like nutritionally, I didn't you know feel very good after eating it. So I just thought of this idea, you know, why isn't there like an oat based spread, you know, oat milks were kind of on the rise and, and mm. I loved granola and I was like, why is there no granola butter? You know, what if you, what if you blended up granola with some healthy fats and, you know, you still had the great fiber. So we, I added some flax, um, but there was, you know, those good healthy fats, but there was no nuts and mm. oats are just super easy to digest. You know, for most people, um, we use gluten-free oats. And so, yeah, it was just something oh. that, um, yeah. And it was something that I just found to be like really easy to digest and also had like the healthy fats to keep me full. So that's kind of where granola butter was born. Um, and yeah, for anyone who's listening, that's, um, my company. And so, yeah. And so that's kind of where I am today. You know, I, I run, um, queen, which is our, our company, but then also Avo queen is still a huge passion project of mine and, you know, just sharing more about my life and body image and all the things. So, yeah. Wow. (laughs) Sorry, that was very long-winded. No, no. I <laughs> you loved asked for my intro. Second of it. I loved yeah. every second of it. And it's so important. And I think it's why you have so much passion for the granola butter and um, just everything you do because it is so personal. And it's not just about money or, you know, making this thing that is being sold at a store. It's It comes from you and it comes from your personal experience and what you've been through. And that kind of entrepreneurial journey is like the most special kind because it's it's not just you trying to build something it's literally your baby Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the craziest part is, you know, people ask me all the time, like, how did you, you know, think of this idea? Like, were you always planning to do this? You know, and it's just, I think with any entrepreneurial idea or, you know, business idea, and I think a lot of people can relate, it's like, the timing is never perfect. And I think sometimes these ideas just kind of strike you, you know, I'm sure like for you starting a podcast or something, you're like, I just have to do this. Like, and maybe there's a lot going on. Maybe they're like right now, you know, it's a global pandemic and maybe people are having business ideas and like, you kind of just have to listen to your instinct. And like, mm-hmm. if you have this awesome idea and it's really, you know, in the back of your mind, like you should do this, you should do this. Like you have to kind of go for it. And, um, yeah, that's what we did. So. That's amazing. And <laughs> like incredibly brave for you to go, just go for it. And we will get to that because that's the question. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll get to it now, whatever. So how did it feel for you when you quit the the job in tech? And when you said, okay, let's just dive right into this and let's just yeah. get the ground running. Was it scary? Were you excited? 
Um, I mean, the biggest thing for anyone when they get to this point is like, okay, like I really want to do this, but like build to be like completely realistic. Totally. Totally. I mean, yeah, I think like I'm super risk averse, like my just deep down to my core. I am not the type of person Mm -hmm. that has this crazy idea to like launch a spreadable granola and then just goes for it. Right. And like I was living in the most expensive city, you know, in the U S like aside from New York, um, Mm. which is San Francisco, you know, like Mm -hmm. rent was crazy. And, um, and I wasn't very good at managing my money. Like I was, you know, making a decent amount in tech, but like I was going out, I was in my, you know, early twenties, like I wasn't saving a whole lot. So I didn't have this like huge, you know, stockpile of money, um, to live off of. And so I really worked for about six months in tech, um, doing, working on queen, you know, nights, weekends. Um, I was really passionate about it. And, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. People have this idea in their head of like how glamorous entrepreneurial, you know, endeavors are, and they can Mm -hmm. be for sure. But like, also remember that what you see on social media is only the highlight reel. And like, Mm -hmm. you don't see the nights and weekends that people are putting in. And like, if you're not passionate enough about something that you're going to spend that time working on it, then I don't think it's worth it. Like, and you know, I think starting my own thing was super, super exciting and cool. And you know, it's what I was born to do, but it's not for everyone. And like, you know, there are people that live their whole lives working in a nine to five and like, that's super comfortable and great and like stable. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. So I don't know. That's what I always really feel like I want to emphasize because I think our society is like, oh, being an entrepreneur is like so cool and fun. And it definitely is. But like, there's so many downsides. (laughs) Like, you know, I haven't paid myself. Yeah. Like we've been around for about two years and I still haven't Mm -hmm. paid myself. Um, and we're just starting to raise money now. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it'll be the first time that I'll be able to take, um, a salary, a very small salary. And so I've been able to pay myself through Instagram, you know, so I've been very fortunate that way. But Yeah. yeah, I mean, going back to your question, I think, I was super scared. I was super excited. I felt all of the emotions, but I just felt this deep knowing that it's what I had to do. And I think like, if you have that deep inside of you, um, that intuition of like, you know, this is the scariest thing I've ever done, but like, it's what I have to do. Then like, it's what you have to do, you know? And I think like, if all else fails, you can always go back to whatever job you're leaving. And that's what I felt. I was like, you know, I've worked in tech. I've made really great you know, connections and relationships. I'm not leaving them on bad terms. Like if anything, you know, negative happens and I don't succeed with this business, then I have all the great experience that I learned building a business and I can always go back to tech, you know? Um, so I think like building sort of a base foundation for like a safety net, if that's what makes you feel comfortable. Um, everyone's different. I know some people are motivated by like literally jumping off the cliff and like going for it because they need that, that push. But for me personally, like I lose all my creativity when I'm feeling, um, you know, when I'm in like a scarcity mindset. So if I'm really, you know, if I'm like, Oh, I really need to pay rent and I can't make ends meet this month. Like I'm not going to really have the creativity to think of like a new fun flavor or, you know, like (laughs) create fun content. So for me, like having that, that financial stability is really, really important. Um, but like I said, I mean, you have to kind of figure out how you tick and like what motivates you. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think I'm the exact same way. Um, I am very impulsive in nature, but when it comes to money and, you know, it takes money to make money and just letting go of that safety net can be so, 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 so detrimental to what you're trying to build. And I think, I think our generation in particular, like we get it wrong with all the Gary V's in the world. And I think we take the more glamorous, like you said, the more glamorous message from people like them. 
and we don't necessarily take the, I don't know, the realistic view of it. Like, it just takes so much more than a pretty Instagram feed or a YouTube mm -hmm. video or even like, even this podcast, like what, what everyone else sees isn't really what happens. Like this is what we're doing right now. This is the easiest part of all of it. A hundred percent. Everything mm -hmm. else is, it's a lot of blood, sweat and tears and like not sleeping till two, three in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I completely thank agree. Thank you for sharing that. That's yeah. I think everyone needs to hear that. Anyone that wants to kind of go after this side project that they want, that they want to make money from, um, just always remember, don't just quit your job because that is probably one of the worst things you could do. Yeah. People make that mistake. A hundred percent. And also working in a nine to five, like traditional role helped me immensely. Just like, yeah. even just like simple things, you know, crafting like a solid email to someone or, you know, like, I don't know, just yeah. workplace etiquette or like knowing what it takes to be a good manager. Mm. Um, I don't know. I just think there's so much value in that. And so I think there is, you know, it's, it's hard, like going right out of college and starting your own thing. Definitely it works for some people, but I think the majority okay. can really benefit from like working for a little bit <laughs> in the real world, you know? Absolutely. So. Yeah. True. So, um, oh, I'm like going off script, but whatever. How do you feel <laughs> getting into Whole Foods and seeing your product on those shelves? Oh my gosh. It was such a crazy, surreal experience. Like just especially for me, like Whole Foods was my Disneyland, you know, like some girls love shopping, you know, some girls love like spas. Like I loved Whole Foods. I'm so weird, but I just, I loved cooking. I loved healthy eating. And like, it was the Mecca for me and getting in there was just, it was, it gives me goosebumps now just thinking about it because it really was just, you know, it proved to myself, like, you can create something and work really hard. And like, you, like if you want it, you can, you can get in there, you know? And like, yeah. I, I remember just wandering the aisles, like before we launched our product, before our business was even like a thought and just looking at the products and being like, wow, like how, like how cool would it be one day to have my product on the shelf? And like, it's just crazy. I mean, I think like that is really the beauty of starting your own company is like, if you work hard enough and you have the vision, like you can make anything happen. And like how we got into Whole Foods was not through a connection. It was not, you know, through knowing someone in the industry, like mm -hmm. we were all brand new to food. It was reaching out, being a pit bull, finding the right mm -hmm. buyer, pitching our product and like them liking it and, you know, taking the chance on us. So yeah, I mean, it was magical. And like, I think the thing that people underestimate though, is that like you get into Whole Foods and you're killing it. You're making a lot of money. It's not the case. Like it, you have to sell. Like once you're there, that's the easy part is getting on the shelves. Like making sure your product gets off the shelves is the real challenge. So yeah. So like now we're, you know, in the middle of raising money and like a lot of that is going to go towards, um, you know, demoing in the store and getting people to try it. Cause mm -hmm. of course, Instagram, you know, you see our product and you're like, what is that? And then you can tap through and learn more about us. But when you're in the store, you know, you're shopping, you see peanut butter, you see almond butter, and then you see granola butter and you're like, what is that? And you see it on the shelf and then you're like, well, like it's a whole jar. I don't want to commit to a whole jar without trying it, you know? Mm -hmm. So really that consumer education piece is what we're really focusing on right now because yeah. it's hard, you know, Americans are very set in their ways, myself included. I go to the grocery store, I buy the same things. Like it's very rare if I see something and I'm like, oh, this looks fun. I'll try it. 
mm-hmm. um, it has to be like on sale or something. So yeah. <laughs> so coming out with like a new product idea, it's like a lot harder than it seems, <laughs> but it's very rewarding. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think I'm the same way. My husband is not that way. He will go in and he will buy all of the things that he doesn't know about, but I am definitely, um, I don't know, like even like the brand of milk that I buy, I'm like, no, this is the brand of milk that I buy. Right, right. <laughs> little yeah. things that don't matter. Whole milk is whole milk. It doesn't matter what brand I buy. Totally. So, but, yeah. you know, I do think that you guys have really capitalized off of Instagram and you're doing such a good job, like, attracting that audience and I'm I hope it's converting I'm sure it's converting for you mm-hmm. yeah I mean we're trying I think like the beauty of Instagram is it's so visual and you know mm-hmm. we really are lucky to have this awesome community of you know queens I call them um mm-hmm. but people who like are educating for us and that's the beauty of Instagram is you know you build this community of people they love your product and then they're showcasing it in ways that you hadn't even thought of right like all these cool recipes people are tagging us in and I'm just like wow like I never even thought to use my product like that and so that's been really really helpful because I think you know it just it helps so much to magnify it in that way like when it's just me shouting you know from my account like hey try this granola butter and then but then there's so many other people that are you know shouting from their accounts, it's just, it helps to grow, you know, our, just the customer education piece, like, so much quicker. Mm. How do you um, go about describing the flavors? Because I know you guys sell online as well. How do you mm-hmm. go about yeah. doing that? Yeah, I mean, I, it's hard, right? Like, how do you describe something to someone, like, granola butter, where they've never tried it before? Mm-hmm. So I think the trick is really at least for us, what's been working well is Mm -hmm. relating it to very familiar things like from your childhood. So like our original, it tastes like those liquid Teddy, it tastes like those cinnamon Teddy grams in liquid form. So if you can describe that or like, you know, graham crackers or a churro, like those really familiar, you know, um, like warm and fuzzy memories that you had as a kid. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of relate that you're like, you know, you say, so we usually say it has the texture of a nut butter but it has the warm, comforting taste of cinnamon granola. So kind of combining those two ideas and then people get a sense for what it tastes like. Or, mm-hmm. you know, our vanilla tastes like um, Nilla wafers, those those cookies, if you ever had those. Yeah. So it's like liquid Nilla wafers. So, you know, giving kind of context to what it um, tastes like is really helpful because I think a lot of people, if they just hear the term granola butter, they're like, what is that? You know, what does that even mean? Um, so, yeah, that's been helpful. Got it. Wow. Okay. So you're really just <laughs> going off of nostalgia and pulling up people's things. That's genius. For me, I think you like have me at granola butter because I love granola. <laughs> and I yeah. like, put granola on everything. So like granola that I could put on bread is like my dream come true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, for most people, I think it is pretty self-explanatory, but yeah. there are a couple, like I love doing the whole foods demos where, you know, people mm-hmm. come up and they're kind of like, like, I wish I had a little GoPro on to do like a video <laughs> of their reaction yeah. because they're just so perplexed and they're like granola butter. Like they whisper to themselves and then I kind of lure them in. I'm like, you can try some, you know, yeah. and then they come in and they try it. And then I see the wheels turning and they're like, Oh, I get it, you know? But at first glance, they're like, wait, is this... A lot of people think it's, like, butter, like dairy butter. And I'm like, no. (laughs) Yeah, so... Interesting. I know. It's interesting, yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't even take it that way. Because immediately, like, 
like on our intro call I found myself saying nut butter to you even though like this isn't nut butter but like yeah. I just knew that that was like the sphere you guys were in totally I yeah I even thought about like margarine you know Right, right. And that is another thing. A lot of people on first glance, they think they see us and they think we're an almond butter with oats or something like a, almost like a, you know, blend. Um, so that's another thing too, is like, we're trying to really, you know, promote that, like we're nut free. Um, just because like, there's, you know, a lot of nut butters out there. So it's easy to get overlooked in that space. Yeah. I put it in the intro, but Oh, perfect. <laughs> Love it. Okay. Oh, so you made a post on Instagram either yesterday or the day before, and you talked about emotional eating and how that's not necessarily a bad thing. And mm-hmm. that just struck such a chord with me because, first of all, I'm PMSing. So, like, any <laughs> excuse to eat, I'm here for it. I'm doing yes. it. I'm there. But then, like... Right. The remorse is instant, and sometimes it's, like, as I'm putting food into my mouth, I'm like, what am I doing? (laughs) Why am I doing this? How many Mm -hmm. calories is this? What are my macros? Because I do count macros, because I do want to lose weight, and I'm at, like, a 45% deficit. And I go between, like, these spaces of, no, like, this is what you need to do. Try to have a healthy relationship with this concept, and, like, Mm -hmm. don't get too carried away. This is is just what you need to do for now. Mm -hmm. But then, like something like this happens and like I go into like this space of thinking well the entire week is ruined I might as well just (laughs) go all out and there needs to be a balance but like there isn't totally and I don't I and I think this happens to like everyone that's trying to lose weight or like just trying to like get their shit together in a way or something so yeah tell us about where you stand on emotional Yeah. Yeah. So I think what you're describing is so true for so many people and like myself included. I mean, I think the black and white kind of thinking is really common. And I remember like, you know, I would a lot like, you know, restrict and binge kind of how I mentioned earlier, but a lot of times I would kind of plan out like, okay, I'm going to eat all this stuff today and this will be my perfect day of eating and nothing's going to go wrong. And then like, you know, I was in college. So it's like my girlfriend's like, Hey, you want to go grab um, a burrito? And I was like, and I just remember being so torn of like, well, duh, like I want a burrito. But then I was like, well, I plan out this whole perfect day of my like grilled chicken salad and this doesn't fit into my plan. And it was, it was making me go crazy. And it was like, I think, you know, I would, then I would either miss out on a social experience, uh, you know, like an experience with my friend, or I would go and then like the whole rest of the night, I would be like, well, screw it. I already ruined my whole day. So I'm going to just eat all the things and then start again tomorrow. And I think so many people experience this and like, mm-hmm. of course we're all different and I can't, I'm not, you know, a dietitian. like I can't give advice, right. but right. my experience like was that the less strict I became, you know, during like removing this black and white thinking and more looking at my life holistically and thinking as like, okay, like you kind of hear this cliche, like 80, 20, like eat good things 80% of the time, whatever. But like, it's really true. Like the more you kind of ease up on yourself and like, of course, you know, you were saying that you have a goal to lose weight. And so like, this may be different for people that have these specific goals, but for someone who's just trying to live like a healthy kind of, you know, relaxed life with like a normal relationship with food, I think it's really helpful to like, go easy on yourself and you'll get to the point where instead of when you have a cookie, you freak out and you eat the rest of the sleeve of cookies. You're Mm -hmm. like, okay, I had a cookie, which was me for so long. No, literally. 
Like I would eat, you know, barely anything during the day and then I would slip up and then binge. Instead, it's like you have a cookie and you realize like one cookie is not that big of a deal. Like no one got fat from one cookie. No one got skinny from one salad kind of thing, you know, and then you go on and you have, you know, your normal like healthy meals for, you know, the next couple, um, you know, for dinner or whatever. And like, it's not that big of a deal. And it's not this like back on the wagon, off the wagon kind of thing, which I think is so exhausting for so many of us. Um, so going back to emotional eating, like I think right now, I mean, it's so hard, right? Like we have this global pandemic happening, which like is never <laughs> happened before. I mean, I like don't even want to talk about it. Cause like, we're all sick of hearing about it, but right. like, you know, it's happening. Um, yeah, so there's that. And then, so like, because of that, there's all this, you know, financial stress and then we're stressed out. We don't want to get sick. Um, and then, you know, we're stuck at home and there's like a stockpile of food. So it's like the perfect environment to emotionally eat. And for me, I just don't see any problem with emotional eating. If you were telling me that you were doing heroin three times a day, I would be like, you know, I think maybe we should talk about it. Like, I think you probably, (laughs) it's not a great thing, but I think like, you know, food serves as such a comfort for so many of us. And it's like, you know, growing up, I remember when I was sad, my grandma would take me out and get ice cream. Like it's so drilled into us to turn to food because it does help us feel better. You know, it does help us soothe ourselves when we're feeling those negative emotions. But I think when it comes to being an issue is when it affects us in a negative way, um, mentally, when we really start to beat ourselves up, you know, and like, say like for me, I remember I was turning to food all like in my recovery, I went through this phase where I was like, all right, I'm going to let myself eat all the things, you know, I'm done restricting. I'm really going to heal my relationship with food. So I was really turning to food all the time, like, you know, emotionally eating multiple times a day. And I was feeling super sick and uncomfortable and bloated. And Mm -hmm. I felt super like shameful and guilty and just mad at myself. And so if it gets to that point, you know, I think like there is, there is some value in looking at your relationship with food and being like, okay, I'm turning to food, but not judging yourself for it. Just thinking of, of it more as like a check engine light where you're like, why am I turning to food right now? Am I like, what are my emotions? Am I feeling bored? Am I feeling lonely? Am I feeling just like pissed off at this whole coronavirus thing? And then just like observing it, like not trying to change your actions, just truly getting present to like, what are you feeling right now? And then realizing that there's actually other ways to, you know, you don't have to band-aid your emotions. You can lean into them and feel them, which I think a lot of us are not taught. Like I grew up in a super happy-go-lucky household where like I was, you know, really used to my parents being just like joyful and happy. But when I was feeling sad or, you know, anxious or stressed, like I had no idea what to do with those emotions. I was never taught those, those skills. And so I just turned to food because I was like, well, you know, eating kind of suppresses it and numbs it and distracts me from feeling sad. So I'm just going to do that. And that became my habit loop. And so now when I feel sad, I really lean into it. And like, it's kind of funny because I've been dating my boyfriend for like seven years and he's known me throughout this whole thing. And he was like, you know, not that it's a good thing or a bad thing, but like when you emotionally ate, like you were way less emotional as a person because I was really using food to like suppress it. And like, he's like now, like, you know, I cry a lot, but it feels good. It's like, I'm feeling sad. And instead of like running away from my sadness, like I used to do before, I just will like let it out. And like, I'll just go in my room, close the door and like cry. And it's just, it's crazy how I think, you know, as our society, like we're so afraid of negative emotions 
But like when you hold space for them and you really lean into them and you feel them, they pass. Like it's just a a vibration in your body. And like, you know, no feeling lasts more than 90 seconds if you really just lean into it and feel it. So that, I mean, it's obviously way easier said than done. I think like even I have days still where like, you know, with everything going on, I find myself emotionally eating and like, that's okay. I think we're so terrified of, um, you know, we're like, our society is so fat phobic that we're just terrified of gaining weight during this pandemic. And like, really, if you're emotional eating, like, you know, you're one of the lucky ones. Like, I think it's not really a bad problem to be having right now. So that's my two cents, but no, I will take all of the cents and nickels and pennies, <laughs> dollars that you have to give on this. Because I just feel like, honestly, Allie, like, you are the first person I've ever, ever, ever heard that from, ever. Because even, like, a lot of the reputable people on Instagram that do specialize in nutrition and health, they don't say this. Even they, some of them preach that, you know, if you are emotional eating, like, stop like that's not how you're supposed to that's not where that energy is supposed to go like meditate instead of that or I don't know do whatever else you need to do just don't turn to food because you shouldn't rely on food to help make you feel better but at the same time like you're right food does serve as like a very comforting thing like people come together around food like there's Thanksgiving or like whatever culture you're from yeah literally brings people together so if you need to have a bowl of ice cream and you're sad about something that should be fine (laughs) absolutely yeah Mm -hmm. I mean I think like think about all the situations in our lives you know weddings promotions like there's so many celebratory things around food any holiday like it's all centered around food it is like the biggest um you know reason that we come together and so I think like you know, depriving yourself of that, like, and just feeling bad about it. It's just a whole nother layer of stress that you really don't need. And like I said, I mean, with anything, like, of course, you know, if you're like turning to food, like, you know, if you're, if it's distracting you from like, like other things happening in your life, if you're thinking it's a problem, then it's a problem. But I don't think we should feel like it's a problem just because society is telling us that. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of people end up, you know, it's that, even if you are having one piece of cake, I think we just get so hung up on the intention behind it. And even if we're not coming at it from a toxic place, we we translate that into being so. And then mm-hmm. we just, it's like this downward spiral of having, and that's where having a bad relationship with food kind of started for me, I think. Because mm-hmm. I, I was turning to it at a point in my life mm-hmm. when things were like really rough. And then, you know, you grow up and you mature and you're like, oh, you probably could have gone for a walk instead. But then, like, now, as somebody that doesn't go there from a toxic place, like, last night, I was like, this granola bar, (laughs) which is me going over my macros right now, but I need it, but I don't need it. And Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's just... Yeah. These kind of habits are so hard to break once you've made them. So Mm -hmm. I digress. Anyway, Mm -hmm. thank you. Because I think a lot of people need to hear that message. And I needed to hear that message. And before I got on the phone with you, I ate these. And I had an egg sunny side up with a slice of bread. Um, And those weren't on my mind. And how good was that? (laughs) (laughs) And it probably made you so happy. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Okay. I think that question was more for me than 
Yeah. Else. <laughs> hey, it's okay. your podcast, girl. <laughs> I'm going to do what I want. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So there's three people behind Queen and Cup. And there's you, and then there's your boyfriend of seven years. Mm-hmm. Talk to us about how you navigate this dynamic. Because I, yes. I'm doing it, but I am nowhere near as deep as you are. Yes. And I feel like so many other people find themselves in this kind of situation when you both kind of want the same thing and you're like, well, let's just do it together. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Oh, we are so, we are so many layers deep. It is like, if I even wanted to get out, I couldn't No, Um, (laughs) I'm like, Oh girl, no. Um, it's been, I mean, it's been such a learning journey. Like I think Mm -hmm. first of all, you know, if you're wanting to work with like a significant other, like obviously you have to, like you said, yeah, both want the same thing. I think it's with any like business partnership. I mean, I think you have to kind of vet it and be like, do we work well together? You know, do we compliment each other? Like, where would we, where are, you know, strengths and weaknesses? And so for us, yeah, I mean, Eric and I both went to college together. Um, He's super technical. So he was a bioengineer. And then, you know, obviously I studied nutrition, but more on kind of the creative side. So from the get go, we both kind of saw like we're pretty complimentary, you know, and we've never had like, you know, those couples that are like super explosive and they're like really passionate and like fight, but they fight all the time. Like we were never that <laughs> that couple, like we're very just chill yeah. and yeah. like we rarely fight. And so it just, it seemed like, you know, it was going to be kind of a stable partnership um, if we transitioned it more into like the business sense. I think the hard part though, is like when you're both so passionate about something like we are, like we never want to turn it off, you know, like weekends, we're always talking about it nights after we get home, we're always talking about it. And I think like, it's hard because both of us want to keep talking about it, but then you reach this point where like, you know, maybe one of us is a little bit like burned out, but we don't want to say it or, you know, and, and then like, I, I I don't know. I would just find myself like feeling kind of burned out, but he was really passionate about talking about something and I didn't want to like say anything. And so that would cause tension. So now we're just very like open with each other. Like if one of us, you know, says no more talking about work tonight, like we have to respect the other's wishes right off the bat, um, which has helped a ton. And then also just like staying in our own lanes, you know, like I handle all of the sales and marketing and that side of things. And he's a lot more like technical and backend. Um, and so if he ever tries to tell me like how, you know, to do something in like a marketing sense, I'm like, boy, like (laughs) boundaries, you know, I'm like, you watch yourself, you better sleep with one eye open. Um, but then the same thing, if I were to tell him, you know, about technical things, which I wouldn't, cause I have no idea what the hell he's doing half the time, then, you know, he would get kind of upset. So yeah, I think that's been helpful, but I mean, I like, we are no, you know, not experts by any means. Like it's still like a learning journey for sure. And the more mm-hmm. we grow and, you know, add on more employees and stuff, like our roles are ever changing. So, yes. um, we've just been rolling with it, but I think there's so many benefits. Like we, it really feels like we're like building a baby or building, like having a baby. Um, because you just have this little business that you're, you know, nurturing and growing and it's so fun. Um, I remember when we were both working separate lives. Um, so he was in consulting, for a company called Accenture. And then I was in health tech and like, we both did similar. We both worked in tech, but like, I had no idea what the hell he was doing all day. And he didn't have any idea what I was doing. So like when we would have dinner together, I'd be like, Oh, how was your day? Good. How was your day? Good. 
but like we didn't have anything in common, you know, like I think we graduated college and then we both were launched into the real world and we were like, well, like we didn't have a connection. And so it's been so fun to like have this, you know, and we have so much to talk about now and I don't know. So it works for us, but again, like it's very case by case. I think like for a lot of my friends who are couples, they're like, I could never do this. Yeah, that's something that me and Ethan get to. Like, a lot of my girlfriends are like, so how are you guys, like, doing with the whole, <laughs> like, yeah. starting something together? And for us, I think, just like you and your boyfriend, we've been so lucky because we just want the same thing, and that's such a blessing. But I think you're right. Like, sometimes one person will burn out, and the other person will just be riding this high for, like, two, three hours. And yeah. the other one just wants nothing to do with it. Like, it happened two days ago, I think. Like, Ethan does this thing where, like... And it's a very healthy thing that I should take from him. Yeah. At, like, 9 or 10 p.m., he shuts off. Yeah. And he plays video games. And, like, I'm there at, like, 2 a.m., kind of like I did last night with your bio, just, like doing the most I possibly can right (laughs) right yeah living room and I'm just like so this thing about this thing we should do this 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 and he's not even listening (laughs) and I know he's not listening and he has his headphones on but I will sit there (laughs) on the chair and I will like just ramble (laughs) right right so I don't know you're right I think I need to shut up and I definitely (laughs) do that more than he does and half of the time I don't even think he hears me, which is fine too, because <laughs> I just end up repeating myself anyway. Yeah. One time, um, me and him got into like an argument, like everyone does. We called them discussions. And, yeah. Um, and this wasn't even like about the business. It was just about like something random. I can't recall. And I was like, if I talk about this vocally, I might lose my patience. So I'm gonna write a Google document. Yeah. <laughs> I did a bulleted Google document. It's like reasons why as many he's upset. And I sent oh it God. to him. <laughs> and he added on to my <laughs> bullet points and he was like, Reasons why Ethan's upset. And that <laughs> is like by the time he got home we were resolved, we were fine. Amazing. And I told my friends, I was like, Oh my god, like I found the solution and they were like, Yes, you're crazy. <laughs> yeah. I love that so much. Well, because I think, oh my God, like this is, you should write a book about this because so much is really just like when you're in an argument, I mean, half the time I look back at our arguments and I'm like, this was the most ridiculous argument. Like what were we even fighting about? And like you were saying, you're like, I don't even remember what we were fighting about. Like, it's not the thing. It's like the principle or it's like the emotions behind it. Right. And then you're just like, you get so worked up and you're like, God, I just, I need to be right. And so if you write it out, yeah, that probably helps so much. Just like getting your feelings out yeah do a shared google document and bullet i know i'm gonna take i'm taking notes that's yeah (laughs) and you can address each of your bullets and then give you bullets that you can address and then yeah all done yeah (laughs) perfect and then you burn the document and never open it again trash yeah (laughs) trash yeah (laughs) oh my gosh brilliant um let's see I think those were all of my like super important questions that I thought I just needed to get out of you. Awesome. Um, but those were great. What is your advice to anybody right now that is trying to start something? I know you, we kind of already touched on this, but tell us about things that you've learned and things that if you, if like in hindsight, things you would not do that you did. And if you don't want to get into it, if it's too private. 
Yeah. No, no, no. I think those are great questions. Um, yeah. So things that I have learned that I would recommend, um, if it's like a product idea, that's kind of really all I can speak to. But if it's, um, well, I guess this goes like for anything though, but yeah, I would just say, you know, don't be afraid to fail fast, get your, and this comes from a lot of this comes from tech, um, Mm -hmm. you know, lean startup and stuff like that. But like, Mm -hmm. if you have a product, like just get your MVP, which is like minimum viable product out there, like your first iteration of the product, get it onto the market and then get feedback as quickly as you can and just iterate and make those changes. Um, I think especially with women, like we're all, you know, stuck in this like perfectionist mindset where a lot of us are like, no, it has to be exactly this way before I launch it out into the world. That's my baby. And like, I get that. I feel you like I'm right there with you. I think like, but you also have to be flexible of like, you can get something out into the world. That's like pretty good, right? Like the little tiny details that I think a lot of women and not to make this a gender thing, but I've just noticed like with my girlfriends and friends, you know, like us as women, like we notice the little things that sometimes like Eric won't notice certain things. And I'm like, how did you like put out that newsletter? You know, like this was, but no one notices except for you when it's your own thing. So I think just Mm -hmm. getting out something that's like good enough and then, you know, you'll get the feedback, you'll make those tweaks, um, you'll make those adjustments and like, it'll always keep getting better and better. But I think the longer you wait and the longer you hide it from the world, um, you know, someone's going to come out with it before you, or like, you're going to lose the motivation. You're going to get burned out. So that was really, I was proud of us for doing that. Cause really we had the idea for granola butter and we just freaking launched it. Like our first iterations were such trash. Like we were literally blending it in a Vitamix. Like it was crazy that we were, you know, selling that. <laughs> and now it's like, it's, it's wild, you know, but if we had yeah, waited yeah. for it to be perfect, I don't think it, that day would have ever come. So I'm really, you know, proud of that. I think something I would have done differently. Um, man, that is a tough question. I think, you know, we were, we were so afraid to get into retail and get into, um, these bigger markets because with food, especially as an industry, it's very like, it's kind of like a bro-y, like, it's almost like finance where like, you know, it's very male dominated. And like you, there's a lot of people in food that have been in food for a long time. And like, it's really like who, you know, um, which is with any industry, but like food in particular, it really feels like kind of like who, you know, rather than like what school you went to, which is what I was very used to with tech. Um, you know, it's like, Oh, you went to Berkeley. Okay, great. Like you're fine. But like here it's like, okay, you're new to the food industry. Like we're going to shit on you, you know, and like take advantage of you. So we were very like, you know, hesitant going into that. So I think maybe something we should have done was like bring in someone who had that industry experience and like pay them sort of as a contractor or something. Um, instead of just like, you know, being kind of stubborn and being like, Oh, we're young we're, we work hard. We'll figure it out. Um, I think there's certain industries that like, it's really valuable to have someone come in as an advisor or as, you know, a contractor or consultant and like help you with those relationships. Cause there's certain markets that, you know, it's like for us to get into Trader Joe's or target, it's like, you need to have those existing relationships. So yeah, yeah I mean, that's kind of my advice, but really like, you know, if you have the passion again and like you feel this deep intuition of like, and knowing that like, I need to do this, then you ha- like, imagine at the end of your life, like having that regret. I just, that was my biggest thing is like looking back and having the regret of like not launching granola butter and then like seeing someone else come out with it. And I was like, damn, like I had that idea and I just didn't run with it, you know? 
So that really was my motivated, my, my, maybe it was like a bad motivating factor. Cause it was more like fear of like not doing it, but <laughs> yeah. No, I think, I think FOMO is okay to have on your dreams. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go for it. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That's it. Um, but, <laughs> but there's still more. <laughs> I saw on your Instagram that you were doing hashtag queen because I was wondering yes. if we could do a round of queen because. Of course. Yes. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Oh, okay. I guess I'll go first. Yeah. 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 Do I have to do three? Is that the thing? Is it three? I mean, mandated? no, you can do as many as you want. Okay. Yeah. Um, I am, <laughs> but I guess that's the point, you know? I know, it's the point. <laughs> um, I guess I'm a queen because you're so silly saying this. It's so hard. I know. <laughs> Isn't it? It's so eye-opening. Light. But once you do it, just keep going, keep going. And once you okay. do it, it's going to feel, you're going to not stop. You're going to be like, okay. I'm a queen because of this and this and this. <laughs> Okay, I'm a queen because I have a nighttime routine that I love. Yes. Um, I'm a queen because I uh, don't stress out about not getting a weekend because it means that I'm working on my dreams and someday it will pay off. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it will. It will. (laughs) I'm a queen because I started this podcast even though maybe I really shouldn't have with all of the work that I'm already doing. (laughs) <laughs> yes I love it oh my god girl you work so hard you are such a queen Allie you it, work so, so hard inspiring. you're such a queen I mean we all do we all deserve like a year vacation <laughs> I, I'm saying <laughs> oh thank you so much for having me this was incredible of course my pleasure wait yeah you're queen because of- oh my gosh um okay I'm a queen because I have been crushing it at work lately. Like, I just feel like all the fruits of my labor or is that the the term? All of my like hard work is like (laughs) all the hard work that I've like sowed my seeds are like now blooming, if that makes sense. Um, I feel like 2019, I was like planting a shitload of seeds and now they're like starting to prop up amongst (laughs) the virus. Um, No, (laughs) but yeah, I'm, I'm a queen because I... Um, I'm, I've been very patient with Eric, which I'm proud of myself for. Um, (laughs) and I'm also a queen because I'm really loyal to my family and I'm Mm -hmm. there for them. And yeah, that's my three. (laughs) Okay. Wonderful. So my last segment has to do with setting intentions. So, um, I guess you can go first. Or maybe sure. I can go first, whatever you want. Um, what is the intention that you want to carry into the rest of this week? Ooh, love that. Um, my intention, let's see. I want to carry into this week um, to be more present. I think I've been very, like, distracted. Well, I've always been kind of distracted with social media and stuff because, like, part of it is work. But with, you know, everything going on in the news, like, I feel like I've been more kind of glued to my phone and just not as present in my day-to-day. So that is my intention for this week. Um, My intention for this week, I think I need to be a little bit more gentle with myself. Um, I'm, I'm like, a huge check-my-boxes kind of gal. And if I miss a box, it's, like, the end of the world for me. Yeah. Um, So I need to not do that. (laughs) <laughs> yes that's a great one yeah that's so true for me too mm. 
Yeah. Okay. So, um, housekeeping. Allie, where can everybody find you? Oh, you can and find where me can at. Buy the granola <laughs> butter. Most oh my gosh. Yes. So we're, well, you can find me at Avo Queen. Um, so it's A-V-O-K-W-E-E-N. So like, yes, queen. Um, and then you can find <laughs> granola butter at Whole Foods in California, Nevada, Arizona, and Hawaii. So kind of the West Coast. And then for all you East Coasters out there, we are coming to Whole Foods in July. Um, so just in a couple months, we will be there. And in the meantime, if you are any in those states in between, you can find us on Amazon um, or our website, which is just queen.co. Wonderful. Um, come July, I will be taking a drive. Hopefully, I'll be going to Whole Foods in July when this whole pandemic is over. I know, um, I know. And I will be buying that granola butter, girl. Oh, But I'll order it on you. Amazon for the time being, you know? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So fun. Yeah, you can find the Sundere on Instagram. That is at the T-H-E, Sundere, S-U-N-D-E-R-A. And you can also find me at www.thesundere.com. If you liked today's episode, please rate us. Please leave a review, subscribe, and don't forget to share with a friend or a stranger that needs to hear today's episode. I will see everybody next week.